To the Ether, today is Friday, November 4th, 2022. Today on the Ether, part two of the two part Chepe Space discussing Luna, Lunk, and Terra Feather, and probably a bunch of other shit. Let's take a listen. You're gonna have to take over because I'm gonna eat this cheese on toast. So mm. you're a one man band for about um, a minute. I think if you want a, um, I think you're open-minded in a good way to, like, if you want the the truth about Luna and Doquan and and all of these things, you just listen to the old community. That means me, Sefi, and all the others, um, and whoever else in here used to be a part of it. Um, we'll tell you the truth. If if you read social media and Fat Man and all these people, you'll get such a large degree of bullshit, and you might believe it uh, until you speak to the actual old community. And you'll find that none of us agree with that person. Um, we have a, a completely different view on things. And I, 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 I can't find anyone in the old community who has like blame for Doquan or anything like that. Like we understood. No, man. No, we're all on the same page. We're all synced, right? Yeah. Like, like the, like we all bought into the dream. We all um, appreciated and believed in the dream overall. And we knew there were risks and sometimes you don't expect it to happen. So, you know, spectacularly, so drastically, so, so horribly, but, but, you know, that, that was what united us and that hasn't changed. And also, um, nobody was lied to. We understood all the risks. So like you speak to somebody like me or Sefi, um, I lost millions and millions of dollars in the, the crash and there's no blame in me at all. Like just, just zero. Um, I think like the best thing to do is you learn your lessons, you you gain the wisdom, you know, maybe you don't do things you did last time, um, but then you move forward and you build the future and building the future is the best way to heal. It's the way to move forward. Um, it's, I think this, this, I don't know, mindset of, of blame and ignorance and believing stuff on social media and trying to call people bad and scammers and whatever else. It's just, I don't know, it's, it's so endless and so boring. It's It's much better to, to gain a bit of wisdom and move forward and build something new. I always like your non-salty view of things, even though you've lost millions of dollars, you're just an absolute no saltiness. Yeah. You understand what you invested in and you've come away from it. I think better as a community, you're, you're it in a better worked. position now. Luna just worked, man. I mean, it was part of our everyday lives. Everything just worked. We had, there's plenty of things to do on there between the, all the other protocols. And again, everything just worked. It wasn't speculation. It was actual, you know, uh, a use case that, that added value to our lives. So what can we do to make it better this time around? Yeah. 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 I, I think what he's doing now is like last time he built the the money, the decentralized money being UST. Um, and the hope was that if the money was good enough, then it would eventually attract an economy around it. And it started to happen in many ways, like, you know, um, bank accounts started linking to it. 
um, <clears throat> lending and borrowing. And uh, I remember paying for for holidays and hotels with UST. That was fun, um, and and things like that. That was just kind of starting up. But but I think a lot of the the money in the system was kind of like people leveraging and and playing games in DeFi and stuff like that. It wasn't. Um, rooted in a real economy and i think this time he's taking a different approach he's letting go of the money aspect and he's going to try and build an economy to start with um that means things like labor markets it means um allowing anybody to build a blockchain very easily it i'll let you speak adhd one sec um it, it means going for the the base economy the the what he calls it is like code content and data and making it easier to produce those things, like making it easier for anybody to produce a, a blockchain themselves um, and all of the, the factors around it and integrated into Terra Wallet and whatever else. Um, he is He's starting with the economy um, rather than the money and then maybe the money come later. So it's like the same, it's the same fundamental dream. It's just the, the more um, gradual kind of slow way of getting there. Well said, Coach. It's so good when you go there slow and gradually into the climax. It can feel so good. I believe so, yeah. I think what Luna was last time was like a girl had said hello to a guy and immediately when she said hello, he just dropped his trousers, it was just, got it, his dick out. It was just premeditated penetration. Yeah, yeah. And now he's going for like the foreplay. He's like delivering a, a flower, delivering right. the roses, writing a little, love letter. A little lick on the gooch, a little flick of the tongue. Yeah, like like building up very slowly, um, circling around the anus, like round and round. Building that tantric energy, which is the, uh, the ecosystem. You know, it's just building up that, that getting to that climax and ready to just explode. Exactly. It's it's a, a different thing he's doing now. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited personally, and and yeah, thanks for that. Happy with the whole uh, non salty thing. I I think the way I it was quite interesting as well to see the crash right because I think I lost probably more than ninety nine percent of people easily, uh, just in terms of like amount and the value to my life and whatever else. But I think it was interesting to watch the different reactions of people in the crash. Like some were so attached to the past. Um, some just like relived what they had and the mistakes they'd made and like how it was all over and life is completely, you know, over forever. Um, other people had their, uh, you'd call it like, like their, there's those people that didn't, haven't even had a taste of that yet. Yep. Yeah. Also, so you go, oh, sorry, go on Bruce. I was going to say, you, you saw people have their, their social identity crushed as well. Like there were a lot of people in the community who had been, um, evangelizing and talking about Luna positively for a year and become uh, community figures. And those people, when everything fell apart, it was like their whole their whole self fell, fell apart. It was interesting to watch um, because they tied so much of their identity and so much of who they are to this thing. And, and those people had also tended to tell the most people, like their family, their friends, their followers and all that stuff. Um, I was kind of evading that stuff because I, I literally just made jokes about it. In fact, <laughs> for most of the past year before it crashed, I made jokes about it crashing. I was uh, writing these like funny tweets like um, uh, when a samurai goes, I, I think I remember one of hand, like when a samurai goes to battle, he already accepts his death going in. And when you invest in Luna, you should accept that it explodes before you invest. Like I was writing things like that all the time. Just these these kind of like um, 
not cynical, but just, but just like varying, varying, like it blowing up and it being bullish and whatever else, just humor all the time. Um, so I was like, not really standing for anything. I was there and making people laugh, but I wasn't like telling you to buy. I was just having fun. Um, but, but yeah, like when it fell apart, it was interesting, all the reactions and my attitude was like in any chaos is some kind of opportunity. And in any chaos, people tend to be really irrational and they tend to be focused on the past. Um, and they tend not to act rationally in that moment. So like even a few days after the crash, I was saying, even, even during the crash itself, I was saying like, let's turn Lunk into this like crazy meme coin casino. And let's let go of UST being this stable uh, dollar. Let's make UST like the, the poker chips and everything else in the ecosystem is like a casino game, like roulette or whatever else or poker. Um, and we can completely reimagine this thing. Like, let's let go of the past. And everyone was like, oh, no, it's, it's over. It's dead. It's, you know, and, yeah, and a lot was, of those people <laughs> got liquidated. So they didn't even have any money to play with, man. The future is we still have. so tangible. It can be anything. Well, I, the way I see it is like you, 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 you lose your money or whatever else, but you still have a lot of things and you still have um, all the stuff that's been built. And so long as you can take that same stuff and reimagine it in some way, then it can become something new. And it did. Like, um, and then a few days after that, I, I started to lay out my vision for LunkDAO um, and the, the whole burning narrative and, and the way we could maybe get attention back on the chain and try and regenerate it a bit. It wasn't a way to heal for the old people because everyone lost their money, including me. But it was like, hmm, there's still value here. It's still like a, a rundown house that can be renovated. And the renovation of that house is a product of the, the attention and the enthusiasm of new entrants. Um, so the whole burn narrative started to get enthusiasm, to get attention, and then you can transmute that. Then um, inevitably, people like Terror Rebels and, and Happy Caddy and whoever else came along and uh, together we kind of built this thing out of the the ashes um and now it's at one of those critical points where it's like there's big potential but so long as you organize all of the minds here and and kind of structure them into a solid leadership um so it's like at, at a cr critical moment but all of that came out of the the idea of like the burn narrative and the attention and everything else um but but overall i think there's my attitude is like there's there's always opportunity in chaos and if you don't see that, it's like entirely your mental story. It's like you're stuck in the past, you're stuck in your thoughts, because if you can step outside of that, there's always something to be done. There's always a way to reimagine your situation and, and move forward in some way. And that's exactly why you inspired me to, you know, I'm, I can, there's not probably a lot of people out there that can sort of like sit themselves aside and go, you know what, you know, you're responsible for, pretty much my, my near existence i mean i was watching connor kenny <laughs> i was watching connor kenny's you know world collapse on youtube uh he was heavily invested and he was like trying to catch this falling knife it was going up it was going down and he ended up getting out and it really you know messed with him and I, the first person i ever interacted with was you coach and you know you did bring that whole burn narrative no one can ever you know, you sit there and go, you know, you know, you know I started the burns and, and, and this, and the other, and I'm responsible for this. The difference is you are responsible for it, but like you just, you know, did, you just credited like loads of us that came after you. And this movement's way, 
way, way, way more than just, you know, the person who was way at the beginning and stuff. It's how you've inspired people. Like we built a burn portal because you inspired, you know, people to become better, be better, you know, try and use the, you know, what you've got around you. I remember the whole casino thing and, you know, I was thinking, who is this guy? And, um, and, you know, here we are now, you know, I've got a validating note that's you know, not just over 9 billion stakes. I can burn. It's profitable. It's earning for itself. And, you know, you've inspired so many more people than you can imagine. I think, think of all these, I think there's like 10 different nodes now that are doing 50% burns. I mean, you know, it's all inspired from one person, you, no one would have probably figured out for a while that they could run a node profitably with a good community and burn at the same time. So yeah, I think it's gone way past this idea of a, a meme coin now. So like Connor Kenny went through the stages, right? Of like, you, you do it, don't you? I, I don't know if you've ever watched any kind of like adult swim stuff. There's kind of this giraffe skit going through the, the stages of denial, grief and stuff when he gets trapped in a, in a sand pit and he's sinking. And he's, you know, I watched Connor Kenny go through it and, you know, it got to a point where like he messaged me and was like, dude, you know, I just burned all of my, my holdings because they're, you know, they're worthless, but I want to help out the community. And if you go in the burn ticker, he burnt 7 million Luna Classic, which was his original coins and everything he had remaining, you know, and he just burnt it. And you can see where he went through that grief stage. Like this isn't happening to me. My world's falling apart. Like he got that bad. Like he was just like, I'm not doing any content on this. I'm not talking about it anymore. You know, I'm done. I'm accepting my loss. And now he's like this really, he's interested. He speaks to me every now and again. He's like, you know, it looks really interesting with the stuff that's going on. So yeah, coach, I think you've done way more than you will ever know, mate. I think you're the grandpappy behind burning. I can vouch. I was there from the 13th of May. Just, I think I had Twitter like a couple of days before. So, uh, yeah, I remember. I remember some of the first videos. It was quite funny. (laughs) There were, there were a lot of like conspiracies then as well. It's like, hmm, hang on a minute. Has, uh, has CZ got 2.7 billion trillion, sorry, 2.7 trillion lunk. And I remember like, for like looking at his wallets and stuff and (laughs) trying to work out what's going on. It was good fun. Um, and then, yeah, like we started burning and then I think a few groups, like I think that Lunk Wales group came up that was like a telegram or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, and everyone's tweets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it was a, and it, like some of it was a bit kind of suspicious because it's like, hang on a minute, like where they were requesting like money was going to their own wallets and then they were doing burns and stuff like that. So it was a bit kind of hmm. uh, like some of it was like, hang on. There were a lot of opportunities quite early, you know what I mean? Um, but then eventually it kind of uh, the way I saw it was like, you know, the the Olympic torch or something. It's passed from person to person and that the, the flame carries on. I saw it kind of similar, like you have this. I have this little candle. I start a vision, I have a, a dream and I light this little flame and start this thing and then hopefully more and more and more people do it. And that's what happened. So it was cool. It was like cool to um like not not to take credit, but it was like cool to to start the wave and then everything spread out um and became much bigger, including people like you obviously, very early. Yeah, I mean I definitely in a sense like people someone said to me like I caught a falling knife, but I think it more more or less in a stupid way kind of like caught me because I never intended to be where I am now. It all just sort of like strung together. 
And like I'm about to launch this NFT project with staking and we've really figured out a good module, you know, to, you know, do staking without having to mess around with the, because, you know, you only get, um, I think it's seven on delegations, right, at a time per one wallet. So we had to get around all of that. But just, you know, being where we are now and just really trying to do stuff, we're trying to extend the burn portal uh, with a with a currency that it pays out as to which that will contribute to the burn as well and in reverse it should work out as it's kind of like hyper deflationary but it will always be from people that burn anyway in a sense like they would there's so many people that burn their staking rewards i think that's quite underrated in itself you sort of see that from the burn portal we get these same wallets continuously daily doing it we're even getting people to ask for us to create a smart contract as to which they can use it to consistently always burn like a percentage of their state rewards and stuff. Beautiful community. Yeah. Yeah. I see like your, your, I think your trajectory as well. Like you start in the Lunk community and you, then you can move forward to, to building cool stuff and providing lots of value. I, I, I see you also like, um, expanding to the lunar community like if if you are one of the first people to realize the value of that um and to realize how the the old community feels and people like me and sefi um and the, the one of the main things i think the the current lung community needs to realize is okay number one the, the truth of it all like that there's really nobody to blame and that we all understood the risk quite clearly um but the second thing is that if lunk can reach parity with luna a load of the building happening on Luna can benefit Lunk massively. Um, there can be, sorry, I've got a little bit of something stuck in my throat. One sec. All right. I ate some chocolate. <laughs> just like stuck in my throat. <laughs> I had a picture of like my cat when it gets like one yeah, of the yeah, cabinets with peanut butter on the roof of her mouth. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, like all, all of the building happening on Luna, there are from the old ecosystem and now like there's TFL who are absolute beasts. And I think there's about 50 people working for them now. Um, I didn't even realize how many people were working for TFL, but there's, there's Doe and about 50 others now working on little projects, um, releasing stuff in the next few months. There's all of the, the old builder community building things um, from allocations. I think there's at least 60 or so projects who are funded and then many more beyond that who weren't funded. Um, so you're talking in total about 300 or so people on the, all these different teams building and building and building for the last five months or so and about to release a lot of things um, and a lot of it already out. And I think if there can be more of, a, more of a narrative of the alignment of the communities and this idea that a lot of the same stuff on Luna can launch on Lunk, I think um, there's, there's massive amounts to gain for both communities. And I think... My ideal scenario down the road is to have like this this twin moon scenario, right? Where the where the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, where both help each other in many different ways. I literally, uh, so I'm going through. I, 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 obviously, you've noticed as well. Um, I've always been with the Lunk community, as you know. Like I'm I'm a diehard.er I I really do do this. You know, I don't take payments from people for anything that I've ever done. I'm, I'm just not one of them sort of people. I'm literally here because I'm inspired to be here. But it's not easy trying to explain to a community that just look at things and just go mm, scam coin, you know. And it's they've been brainwashed by FM. You know this coach. He he is he was a plague on 
what was a very vulnerable community at the time that would, you know, take anything. Like you could have made up any. Do you, do you remember the pictures going around? Someone they were really good photoshops as well. Duquan <laughs> smoking a crack pipe in Thailand, <laughs> and they're like, "We found him!" Look, oh, for God's sakes! But I'm, you know, I'm going through this phase now where it's, it's all in the same ecosystem, isn't it? It's. It's a, it's a no-brainer we can get them to understand and what i'm trying to do is not just shove it in people's face and go you know yeah 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 luna's great blah 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 trying to explain to them you know look at how composed they are and then explaining these are the people that are the ogs these are the guys you want to know what what the issues were go speak to them you want to know how it all went wrong go jump in a twitter space ask coach if you want to know if Duguan's done something wrong and if the actual true community behind it are angry, go join the space and ask, you know? Yeah. That's the <laughs> but thing. If we can get, yeah, if we can get our heads around it, coach, which I'm sure we can, it's going to be an absolute, it will work great. So I saw uh, Stable Shen posted out, <laughs> tweet me, but in, into Shen, <clears throat> into Shen, and then Duquan tweeted back with a handshake. So, Hopefully they're hinting at some sort of, you know, I'd love to be able to swap Luna for Luna Classic at the ease of being on the Terra Station. I know it's like the most simplest of things, but that in itself is like that first kind of like in introduction, isn't it? Kind of like watching two dogs that have never seen each other before. They've always barked to each other from, you know, this kind of fence that they can't, they can't even touch each other. It's like a double fence. They can just about smell each other. So, and you've got, you know, you can just got to get them first little, like, you know, like the the funding, right, Bruce? It's coming from the man, the myth, the legend himself. Like, if the community so easily to just go, you know, we need this funds, we're going to take it, then what's the problem? No one's ever brought any proper, you know, case against him. The last thing I saw was, you know, news articles saying, oh, all things have been dropped against Duquan now. And it's like, are we still going on about this or are we going to pick up, you know, the pieces and move forward as as a whole? So, and USTC, right? UST was so, because it's like the only one of its kind, right, Bruce? Like nothing really was that successful on an algorithmic scale, was it? Nothing really ever got it right. Uh, I mean, UST also failed, <laughs> but yeah, like it was, the, it, was <laughs> yeah. the most, it was the most successful so far. It was the most successful um, form of stable money that wasn't backed by fiat collateral, as in uh, US dollars in the bank. The 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 issue in general with with fiat money, like um, uh, USDT or um, Circle USDC or anything like that, is that it's it's all backed by US dollars. Uh, that might sound good to start with, but then you realize that whatever is backed by U.S. dollars can be frozen or blacklisted um, the same way that actual U.S. dollars can. So the regulators or the government can contact Circle, which is a company, and they can freeze the accounts. They can freeze the underlying collateral um, associated with those accounts. So it means that if you have money in USDT or, or USDC, your entire account can be frozen in a click of the button. That, that's, or, if, that's, or if you own, like, uh, for example, a significant share of a coin, like of a blockchain or a DAP or something like that, right? And yep. then that's heavily exposed to USDC uh, and that project gets censored, 
then the value yep. of your asset, even if it has nothing to do with USDC, will probably crash too. Exactly. So, so this is the this was the dream, though, right? Like this is the why. This is the big why behind the entire thing, and why we all got so enthusiastic. It was like, okay, we have this this idea here that might work, and the idea is decentralized money, money that is not subject to censorship um, or regulation. They can't be touched. They can't be frozen. They can't have uh, its accounts frozen like the the Canadian truckers who are protesting or whoever else um, had their accounts frozen. You know that that is the future. It's it's where a government government or some arbitrary regulatory body has the ability to just shut down your account and prevent access because you don't behave in a certain way. And the the overall dream is like. You don't have freedoms unless you have financial sovereignty. You do not have freedom to speak, freedom to travel, freedom to assemble, freedom to protest, all of these basic human rights, freedom to, to travel or do anything, unless you have your own uh, control of your own money. If, if an arbitrary government can freeze or, or prevent you from getting money out of your account because you don't behave in a certain way, you know, say goodbye to your rights instantly. And that's what we've seen many, many times now. So. That was the whole vision of crypto and why we all united uh, behind the idea of UST. It was like, this, is, this could be the future of money, the future of money, uh, true financial freedom, and therefore the protection of personal rights. And that's what we were willing to risk failing for. Like, you know, I invested not just to make money, although I thought it was an interesting opportunity, but it was also ideologically, like you are defending human rights and you are pushing this dream of cryptocurrency this 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 kind of separation of your financial sovereignty from government regulation and from some guy in an office turning off all of your accounts you know it was it was an interesting dream and i, I still yeah, support eric, that eric, eric Voorhees uh just made a like nice comment the last week which was some i'm paraphrasing here but it was something like um you know one of the big innovations of the last few hundred years was a separation of church and state and um the opportunity for a specific innovation now is the separation of uh, money in the state. And that's kind of the next like uh, piece, because like if you one was the ability to believe as you wish to believe. And the other is to again, it's like your money is a reflection of your ability to sort of like, um, I don't know, like, um, like Do you know, what you want to eat, you know, where you want to eat it, um, what you want to buy. Yeah, you will. Um, all of these things are integral to your life. Actually, in many ways, more so than necessarily something like, uh, let's say, a belief in a religion. Because in that context, you can at least hide that inside your own brain, right? Like, okay, I am a Jew, so I'm going to hide that in my head because these guys are going to try to kill me because I'm one. So, or something like that, right? You could hide the fact that um, you believe something if you like. If worse comes to worse, but money, the problem is, if it's censored, it's like you're just screwed. Right, like, like, what do you can't eat? You can't, um, you can't travel. You can't do anything. So the power to believe is like almost, or practice belief systems is almost a luxury compared to the, the almost like absolute need to have the ability to transact with money, um, is even deeper in many ways. Um, I think, like, you, you could be a complete atheist, and you're going to have a pretty impressive belief system emerge if someone took all your money away or censored all of it. Mm. This is one of the sad things about the whole collapse, in my opinion. It's like people are meant to be in crypto and they're screaming scam or Ponzi or whatever else. 
but it's like the the dream was the the highest goal of crypto like it was to achieve what crypto wants to achieve that that you know bitcoin and ethereum can't really achieve because they're not a stable store of value or a medium of exchange uh you know like i, I think in the do you remember the the terra money white paper i think it says like nobody wants to be paid in a a form of money that can halve or double its value in the next week right like um if for example like if you want to um pay a cleaner to clean your house and you have to do it in bitcoin then at the end of the week maybe two things can happen either the bitcoin can halve in value in which case the cleaner is pretty unhappy right she got paid half as much as she wanted to be or it can double in value in which case you're a bit annoyed because you just paid a, a cleaner double what you wanted to so you need stable money for for a lot of the functions of a basic economy right like for for goods and services and and loans and whatever else it's it's just what is needed you cannot survive on a volatile currency alone you need a form of money something that is stable something that is is resilient and has um a, a stable store of value and is a stable medium of exchange that was the dream that was the the highest dream of crypto and it it solves what um things like ethereum and bitcoin can't fully uh so it's like when people attack that now and people attack the attempt and the failure of innovation what they're really doing is they're attacking the dream of crypto which is crazy either way uh like the number of um quasi stable partially collateralized or otherwise stable coins now is literally rising to infinity there's more projects doing it than you can imagine so it's like uh it's going to happen no matter what even if it means like just in my personal wallet I just have like maybe a small scale stable coin um, as long as it's fungible. Right. And that's the beauty of IBC. I can convert it to anything else uh, at, you know, on a whim. Right. So I think the dream is going to be realized no matter what uh, at this point, it's pretty much impossible for it not to happen almost unless these yep. things are made illegal somehow. Um, you know, you can't use this or you can't use that because of whatever reasons. But um, of course, you know, like yeah, with the threat of prison, uh, definitely makes people do certain things less, like ask the people at Silk Road or ask anybody who's uh, been threatened sufficiently. Uh, and, you know, you'll find a person who, you know, only the absolute ideologues are going to like uh, do it even at the threat of death or prison. Um, so, yeah, but other than that, I think the number of stablecoin op options are rising very quickly. Um, I don't know, there must be dozens out there at this point. And um, even at a small scale, a lot of people just want to have like something fungible that doesn't change in value that readily and is kind of semi-pegged. And yep. they're good. most people are good to go. Like they're not necessarily putting millions on the on chain. Individual sovereignty, a lot of times just is a matter of like modest sums of money, especially for a lot of countries. Like a lot of people in other countries were actually using like UST because it was uh like they could get dollar exposure instead of their exposure to like, I don't know, Argentinian peso or something. And they were very excited about the existence of the thing. Uh, generally speaking, there were uh, a lot of people around the world really wanted it to work uh, for them as a tool, right? Like not necessarily as a, you know, like, oh, I'm going to get rich doing this or I'm going to earn interest on Anchor Protocol or whatever the hell. Um, uh, Vaux Contraire, do you have a comment? Sorry, we were sort of carrying on here. Oh, no, no, no. Thanks. Um, I'm actually glad you guys are talking about um, the whole lunk beans as like a, a kind of a, a more stable option for money. And, you know, as far as, you know, just, uh, you know, I, th that's one of the reasons I got involved in this project back before the DPEG. Um, 
And it's kind of sad to see what happened. But, you know, here we are. I have an opportunity to rebuild things. Um, I'm not a developer, so I'm not actually doing the rebuilding. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's so many, there's so many, I, I just, you know, there are a few things I think about. Okay, so first, the reason why I, I clicked on the the speak button is because I just wanted to mention one thing. I heard today, I was listening to a podcast. So Tether actually has bigger problems than being Right now they're being there. I guess the case has been reopened and they've been transferred from the DOJ to the Southern, um, the, the, uh, the U S the U S general, the U S attorney for Southern New York, which they kind of, they're, they specialize in fraud cases. So Tether's got some issues. Um, with, I'm just so excited about the opportunity for Lonk, you know, and I'm, I'm, I know we've right now we're going through this thing where everybody's got their proposals, they've got their ideas, and there's a lot of back and forth in the community. Wait, what, what excites you that like uh, having a stable coin again, or what do you mean? Well, a stable coin, but I, you know, I'm hoping, you know, you know, obviously, I mean, I hope, I'm sure, I mean, I, I, because everybody who's involved in working on these this project is super you know is really engaged in what's you know what's going on but yeah i'm 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 interested i i love the idea of having something that is not necessarily a stable coin but something that is pegged to a dollar um and when i say you know is that is not but because of you know there for other reasons i i mean you say you know we said we're not it's not going to be a stable coin but you know we've got this so there is this, you know, I, I guess one thing is like, I, back to the, the to all these different proposals, we've got all these different proposals. They all have, you know, there's a lot going back and forth with them. And I know at this point, it's not the immediate priority on the roadmap, but that it's going to, you know, um, that there are other things that need to be done before this. but. You know, I'm hoping, you know, that they kind of work something to where it's going to be something that's going, first of all, we need to, you know, something that's going to pass muster with the U.S., right, with you, the, the, the regulation that they're talking about with regards to stable coins. You know, it can't be necessarily a, an algorithmic stable coin. Um, but well, there's... For I think uh, you're maybe confusing different things. Um, uh, there's nothing regulators can do about anything I create online, like the nothing pretty much. So the reality is that their ability to sort of regulate is more a question of um, whether or not those things can be listed on exchanges that maybe function on American soil, like on a Coinbase or something like that. But in a DeFi space, there are truly, um, you know, dozens of stablecoin projects, uh, none of which, uh, like so-called regulators, can do anything about anywhere in the world. So, yeah, but once you, you get your cash there, um, you can get that exposure if you want. But, um, but if it's from a regulatory perspective, that's something that, like, if companies or businesses are going to accept these things, that's a very different thing, right? Like so. What will happen most likely there is it appears that um, CBDCs are probably going to be all over the place 
um, at some point. And then we'll have to contend with what all that means exactly. Yeah. But CBDCs, I mean, let's go, I mean, but just following as far as Lunk goes and as far as like a, um, isn't the goal though to be able to make it like a, like having a certain, like be able to make it more accessible to more people. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't wait, fall within. Just to be clear, just to be clear, wait, what do you want Lunk to do? Because. Well, it's right not what now. I want. It's, it's certainly not what I wanted to do, but it's right kind of like. Let me play. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> I just didn't understand if you understood what it's for. Like right now, Luna Classic is simply a. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Like, you know what? I'm sorry, guys. I'm, ta- yeah. I meant to, I'm talking about USTC. Oh, USDC. Okay. My, 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 my bad. Sorry. Okay. I was like, whoa. I okay. had a glass of wine already. The USDC. <laughs> okay. I was like, I'm totally talking Lunk's about, I'm stable. talking about USTC. Okay. USTC. So, uh, before she was talking about Luna. <laughs> yeah. My, my bad. Okay. So let's say, so USTC using USTC as a stable coin or as not a stable coin, because there are. You could probably you know, peg it to a penny at this point. I heard a discussion about that from Sunny uh, Agarwal of Osmosis. You could probably, with the collateral that uh, is in Luna Classic and the current market cap, uh, you could actually peg it to a penny, which would then allow it to... um, uh, You you would actually basically then um, like wind up... Yeah, like right now it's like a three cents or something. So you could basically uh, peg it to a penny, which would then burn Luna Classic. And then on chain, you could probably issue like a coin that you can exchange for 100 Luna Classics. So then it would be like you'd have a dollar coin on there. That'd probably be the quickest way to fix this, actually. Sonny's a sharp guy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, problem solved. I don't even know why we're talking about anything else. All these like commodity baskets and other bullshit. Pegging it to a penny makes the best sense, actually, of anything you could possibly do. I, I don't like. It was just an off comment from him. We were in a he and Ed, like Tobias and uh, Kim and myself and a few other people were in this like little group chat, and he just sort of made an off, like he's just making an off comment, like, "Wait, why don't you just peg it to a penny?" And I don't think anyone ran with it, but actually, that would make most sense. It would work just fine, uh, and then you'd have a stable penny coin again. And then yeah. you just the the way you prevent this from happening is again is you get commitment from some of the big exchanges, especially like Binance and KuCoin, that they will always remit this for a penny, right? Like you, one penny of this equals one penny in Tether or Circle or whatever, and we won't veer from that. And then it would work again. Um, you could also once you have it repegged, you could technically also delist it if from uh like a binance or kucoin or whatever like if they don't want to do anything, do that like if they don't want to commit to actually remittance then you just you could just have it on chain and you would only leave it on exchanges that would commit to one to one remittance and then problem like the problem would be solved essentially for the most part i think that would be doable anyway do it just a thought mm, okay because right now, like if you look at Luna Classic, the price is way higher than the price of USTC in terms of market cap. So you have plenty of collateral there, right? So mm-hmm. you could easily you could easily peg it to a penny, and it'd be like ten x collateralized or something. The supply is lower than it was before the crash, isn't it? If I I can check on the penguins, mm-hmm. I'm sure the supply is lower now. 
it's like nine billion USTC? or something of USTC. No, it's not really lower. It's just it's huge. It's like nine billion dollars worth of deficit. So that's why. <laughs> yeah, on a, sorry, on a debt scale. Yeah, sorry. That's why pegging it to a penny would work because like you you don't have to magically come up with nine billion dollars of value to to replace that. Right, you peg it lower. Now that that doesn't help the USTC user though. Bear in mind, this would basically make the system work again. Mm-hmm. It would help the Luna Classic holder because it would result in Luna Classic burning again, but it would not help hmm. the USTC holder whose value would go down another two thirds. <laughs> like you know, or no, it would go down like yeah, from three dollars to one, like mm-hmm. three cents to one cent is what would happen. So yeah, two thirds reduction in their value. So USTC holders can't be made whole again. That's impossible. It's almost silly to even talk about it. Like there's no good way to do it. But if you want to restore the system and you want to make Luna Classic uh, burn, this is the way to do it. Anyway, Mayor, you had your hand up. Yeah, hello. Um, I just wanted to say thank you to Coach Bruce for um, the, the audio tweet that he tweeted out. Or I think you, you retweeted it, Sefi, called Wake Up Sheep. Um, I, I listened to that, I listened to that the other day and it was, um, very inspiring. I would encourage, I pinned it up to the nest. I would encourage everyone to listen to it. And I just want to say, thank you, coach Bruce. I, I truly believe you are a visionary and it was, it was almost like the voice of a prophet calling out to, to the, the, the ones that are asleep to wake up. And, and I really, I like the discussion about money. What is money? Money has changed over thousands of years. It used to be silver. It used to be, people used to exchange in, in wood and straw and stuff like that. So I'm very interested in this conversation of like, you know, what is money? And I think we're, we're at a new revolution, revelation, as coach was saying in his tweet about, we we are just beginning to learn about what money is. So thank you, coach. Thank you. My, my, my cheeks are blushing. However, I'm very angry with you because you say these, these words and these compliments, yet you don't even follow me. Is that because you secretly hate me? It, it is not, my friend. It is not. Um, I, I, I will give you a follow. I, no pressure. It's just I want to be clear it's, about it's just like a It's like a follower pandering going on here. Uh, or you're like... <laughs> Panhandling for followers or something? No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's like you know when when a girl says something and then you find out she's actually been on a date with another guy and it's like it's just confusing. That's how I feel. Just like like my ground isn't very steady. Like I don't know where to stand or I I don't know who to be. I don't know whether to open my heart because I don't know whether it's going to come back truly. Well, you just gained one more follower. And um, like I said, I, I do appreciate the audio tweet. And I felt it was a call to all. It, it, it actually, honestly, Coach, it, it, it reawoken something in me. I, I got into crypto in the beginning because, you know, I really felt like there was hope for getting out of the U.S. dollar debt slavery bubble and and i feel like you've kind of reawakened that within me you know as far as stable coins go whatever i don't you know i know we need to be able to trade something with all these tokens right now but eventually i think the goal is to get away from the the u.s dollar but i'll just throw that out there and see what people want to want to say about that i don't know yeah yeah i mean 
for me, there are two options here. Either we embrace some form of decentralized money and go fully for crypto and the separation of the state from money, or we detonate some kind of electromagnetic pulse bomb. We take out the entire array of technology that's powered by electricity. Um, we take out the internet, we take out everything, and we return to some kind of primal society where there's hunting and gathering and, and no technology at all. Because I'd rather have something more paleolithic, something more hunter-gatherer-based. Maybe we could somehow regenerate woolly mammoths and other things that are more easy to eat, a high quantity of, of, a high quantity of volume of meat from. Um, I'd rather have that situation than I would have uh, a situation where we abuse these technologies like the internet and we have CBDCs and other disgusting things. Like for me, it's, it's one of the two, either destroy the lot or go fully into crypto. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. And and there was a conversation online um, on the Bankless podcast between Eric Vortiz and Sam, Sam Bakeman-Fried. And, um, you know, as you might know, FTX is a big major central exchange. And the, the whole discussion was about um, crypto and crypto regulation. And I don't know if you follow Eric very much, but he's very, very a true libertarian. And he, he spoke very eloquently about kind of the, what you were saying is embracing cryptocurrency and getting away from the more cent, uh, separation of government and money. And, um, and, and then Sam Bakeman Freed was arguing about like, well, we got it. We have to work with the regulators. You know, that, that, that is the ultimate goal, but you know, we have to deal with the regulators in somehow in some form. But anyways, it, it was a good, it was a good argument. That was a uh, good conversation. You know, it's funny actually, Bruce. Uh, so when I went to go chat with, so I went to like uh, DM Doe this morning and um, after a long time, and um, I looked back at my conversation with Doe from uh, earlier. And the last thing we were talking about was Eric. I was like, Hey, uh, Eric, Eric seems like he's a UST fan or like a, cosmos fan or whatever i'm like maybe uh we can get him on and chat and do this and that and the other thing and uh and doe was like yeah he's already kind of a, a fan of Terra. he's already uh um he was already kind of uh into like thinking about every form of decentralized money you can imagine sort of he was uh like so he's uh definitely a, a believer and he's certainly not a bitcoin maxi type of person because I think you just hang around long enough, you're like, wait, we just need lots and lots of different types of decentralized monies and decentralized computers and stuff like that. And um, yeah, Eric's a pretty big proponent of all of those ideas. Like even if they, you know, and he never really said anything negative when things failed either, by the way. He was kind of, he was kind of yep. aloof about it. I think one of the good things is like any any other visionary, any other innovator, anyone who understands what is required to build something truly groundbreaking and to risk the the chance of failure and also to risk the full annihilation of your reputation um the these are generally the most powerful people in crypto right like they they are like the vitalix and they are the other guys like that so i think often the the guys right at the top of the pyramid have the greatest empathy because how can you hate on somebody who it is truly trying to actualize the vision of crypto, right? Like, and, and also how can you hate if you know what's required? Like if, if you know the kind of things, the, the visionary characters, the true founders have to deal with, it's, it's all of these risks. Yeah. There's also some people who have just actually physically met each other in real life too. 
So you're, you're way less likely to sort of like try to destroy someone online if you know them a little bit personally from like meetings or conference or something like that. So yeah, people have been around a while and gone to the different things. They've, they know each other face to face at some level. You mean like the, the hookup scene of conferences, like Web3 conference um, yeah. Yeah. or whatever? Well, this is yeah. like back as far okay. as like 2017, 2018, those, those times too. Because I don't know how, how often these people go to these anymore because there's like, it's hard to make it to all those things. How much was your first investment you made in Luna? You, you know, your first ever investment, Coach. Same for you, CP. CPI. Um, I think I invested around a dollar. Uh, I, I, I think I put what, like five, ten thousand or something like that at around a dollar, maybe less than a dollar, something in that range. Jesus. And you rode it all the way up. Yeah. I, you know what's funny? <laughs> you know what's funny, Sefi? I sold almost none. I think I, the only thing I ever bought was a MacBook and uh, like a holiday for me and my girlfriend. That was it. And I had like millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> you sat there so looking at it. One hand steak because of that 21 yeah, day process, had, right? Um, let's see. <laughs> I had it all. They staked, man. Like, like it was all. I don't know why it was so fucking stupid. Like, one of the the lessons I learned, I think uh, Sefi could have probably told me this earlier had I been in spaces with him, was like, keep your money fucking mobile. <laughs> do not, do not twenty one day stake it um, with no like backup or hedge or ability to move it or anything like that. Um, I mean, in some systems it's okay. Like, like with Lunk, it's okay because you have a fixed supply and there's nothing crazy going on. But like, do not stake it when there's a, a an experimental algorithmic stablecoin. <laughs> That's a quick way to get fucked. Yeah, but those twenty thousand yeah, dollar airdrops, man. Lot, actually, um, so but <laughs> yeah, I was exactly. in it about. So what happened with it is, um, I happened to notice on a platform like the coin go from like maybe yeah like a dollar to like I think like twenty four bucks or twenty five bucks. Remember that, Bruce? Like, like not like maybe like it's already been like a year and a half two years ago right when it first had that big jump uh, and I, I think it was like 2021 beginning i think when that happened and then um so i watched it and i was like eh. so i bought i bought a little bit um and i started playing on mirror protocol i think when it dropped to like maybe 16 from that and then it had that dump like remember when there was a slight dpeg right so like some of us have actually seen a dpeg before the dpeg and it dropped to like, like UST depegged like 93 cents or something. There's a ton of FUD in the air. And, um, and the thing repegged ultimately, remember, it took like, I don't know, what was it, a week? Wasn't it, Bruce? Bruce, about a week? But anyway, during that time, uh, Linus' uh, price was down at like 4 to $5. So that's when I just went crazy. <laughs> like, like a million dollars worth. So like, it's just, a, but that was still like, I mean, like four bucks or something. So yeah, you can imagine when when it was like riding it like I didn't I never sold any of it either. In fact, I had leveraged some of it to buy more. Uh, and uh, Bruce, like I also leveraged and bought. Um, I had bids on Kujira and shit, right? So on Kujira, like you got it for even cheaper because remember those liquidations that happened along the way. So I had a pretty sizable sum. I mean, like you know, it's it's worth a good solid like hundred mil plus at the top. Like you know, when it was what were we one hundred and twenty? 
Yeah, it was more than that. Whatever the fuck. Anyway, my like some of it was debt too at the time because I had to pay back my anchor loan at some point. But anyway, yeah, it was kind of funny. <laughs> like so I just bought a ridiculous amount. I'm like, I'm I'm gonna get this. It's a nice big dump. It looks like a good like speculative bet, <laughs> and I'm like, go for it. Um, and actually, I got I didn't have that much conviction at that time, even though I dumped that much money into it. Like I probably that was a COVID crash, right? More conviction along the way, especially when the repeg happened at that time. Um, and then like, uh, as all of the different protocols and everything started merging, you start following all the projects coming and like so many smart people getting involved. So, um, you know, and for that matter, like the who's who of crypto, right? Bruce, like who the fuck didn't have Luna, right? Like all the big hedge funds, everybody like galaxy digital, you name it. Right. Um, so there was nobody that, so like when everybody's in it, you're like, well, this can't be that bad, right? Like, so you're, while you know there's risk involved, the, you almost sort of ride the consensus mechanism of the whole community saying, yeah, this is pretty good shit. It's useful. Um, it's not that different from like when a consensus community formed around like Bitcoin, when a consensus community, community formed around Ethereum, uh, back when that happened with Apple, it happened with uh, Google Android. Like I've been through this shit like a million times. Like every software you can imagine of that that's out there today. I remember when um, it became like a hit or whatever the fuck it was. So there is this kind of social consensus that you start to say, okay, well, you know, sure, like this could be the next best thing. You know, like this makes sense to go to like, you know, a trillion dollar market cap, thousand dollar Luna. Like if this succeeds, right? I'd be worth like fucking billions or whatever. Like, so I'm like, all right, whatever. It's, it's a good bet. And, um, I wasn't as, I didn't get as wrecked uh, though, because, um, on the way down, remember Bruce, I had a lot of mine in prison protocol and, um, it was like a liquid staked thing. Hmm? You caused the collapse. You, you you were part of the bank bank run. You were the, you were the guy who fucked me. (laughs) <laughs> he was he was he was the guy who pulled you know the the, the so, piece out of the very bottom so actually what happened was prison protocol you had your p luna and your y luna and it's uh, uh jimmy's uh thing right like jimmy and hyperion that created this thing if it wasn't for those two fuckers i would have lost a lot of money <laughs> you know because i had so much in prism and um i put it there because the yield was obnoxious the amount of money i was making per hour like forget about per day, like per hour was ridiculous. It was just like a money printer. And um, I was kind of like pushing the little confetti button and I'm like, you know, having fun with that thing. And uh, remember Bruce, like there was P Luna and Y Luna. And um, what happened was I had converted some fraction of the P Luna to Y Luna and the snapshot, remember after the crash, um, a bunch of the prison people were pissed because the airdrop for the new Luna token for the new chain was for people that had Y Luna, but not necessarily for the people that converted all to P Luna, which was really a shame because like now you got sort of stuck with one half or the other. And the people that had P Luna got screwed. The ones that had the principal Luna, the Y Luna was the yield Luna. And that was like liquid staked. So you could technically exchange it on the prism exchange. So even though I lost like 15%, um, like more at the time that I sold because it was sort of illiquid environment, I was able to actually do some exit at that point because of that. Um, so I had to lose some converting from YLUNA to uh, UST, and then I had to lose more again converting from uh, like a DPEG UST to something else, right? So that it, 
So there was, yeah, there was a chunk lost from that as well, the, the conversion, but it wasn't like a total, like the people that were staked got totally screwed. Like literally like Doe's like, yeah, I had like, you know, billions of dollars. Now I have a candy bar worth of lunk. Um, <laughs> you know, it was his joke. Um, but yeah, the, the prism thing actually helped quite a bit. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, silly money. Um, I had thrown in there just for like, and it was actually doing quite well, but oh, well, what are you going to do? Hey, Steffi, congratulations. I actually lost everything, but I didn't sell, you know, but now I've still, I've got all my Luna that was airdropped. I still have my Lunk. I bought a lot more. But now you you have to understand, like I've been through multiple market crashes, right? Like the dot-com crash. My dad lost a gajillion dollars during the dot-com crash in like 2000. I've been through like the subprime lending crisis time frame. I've had family members who were like massively underwater, like 80% on Southern Florida homes and shit like that back then. So I've seen these things kind of play out um, over and over again at one level or the other. And as a result, like, you know, but then again, I was like pretty, like Bruce, like I was pretty detailed into the goings on about how this stuff worked, right? So when this DPEG happened and I was watching this play out, I was sort of captivated as well. I was like, well, shit, like mm, we were down from like 115 down to like maybe $80 Luna or something. I'm like, uh, hmm, that's a lot of money right there just by itself. I'm like, huh, maybe I should, I don't know, should, should I do something about this? I'm like, eh, I don't know, I'll just leave it alone. So it wasn't until like we were like sub 50 right around there that here I am kind of messing with this. But like at the same time, like, even if it would have gone to zero, like what I risked had very little to do with like my net worth or something like that. Like if you, like you can imagine I've been at, I've been around a while. So it's like, if I'm throwing a million dollars at Luna, you can imagine I have other assets. It's not like I was going to go homeless or something like that. So the people that like took a whole lot of money and stuck it in like anchor protocol on UST or whatever, that's a whole different thing. Like I didn't have that much in UST at all. Um, for lots of different reasons, but like that wasn't like, I don't know, like I didn't take everything in my bank account and just shove it in UST, for example, like, which is what mm-hmm. some people did. I don't know. Hey, Sefi, yeah. quick question. Um, Cause I thought you were going to like, uh, you know, cut the spaces earlier. You said you had to go and then Bruce came around and I guess convinced you to stay. And then now you're on the topic yeah. of, you know, now uh, I get to get Y Luna and T Luna. Oh no. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to hear that. I hope not. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, now you had stated before, you know, you have a particular aversion to bridge tokens, right? And you prefer to have the underlying asset. Now, considering what happened with uh, you know, the uh, Y Luna, P Luna, and what you just described in the loss, now, do you just find yourself speculating on liquid staking derivatives moving forward, or do you just do you do you see them mm. separate from bridge tokens? Yeah, good question. Yeah. Right now, I have nothing bridged. I have no stable coins just about, uh, except whatever's in bots. Uh, I like, you know, uh, it, but if you're asking about liquid stake tokens, that's a derivative. Um, derivatives can also depeg, which is exactly what happened to my prism tokens. At the right, time. right. But they were at least more liquid. So one thing you should not admit, if you have a crisis, number one, your liquid stake tokens will depeg from their true value because they people will try to exit from them and there'll be a net um, excess of sellers and not enough people willing to arbitrage to peg the price back up. So one thing about liquid stake tokens that you should always be aware of is that 
the time of crisis, which is the exact time you're going to want these things, right, to be liquid, is the exact time you're going to pay like a 15% loss or more because of the relatively uh, flash panic selling that might happen. So that's a very important lesson um, to learn there. But at the same time, like now, Luna was very special though, right? It was this whole UST Luna peg mechanism thing. The rest of crypto coins are not like that. So um, I don't know that you would face the same exact problem. But if you look at Harmony One and some of the other bridge hacks, what happened was the bridge gets hacked, the, which then causes a dramatic drop in the value of the underlying like stablecoin assets or whatever the fuck was connected to them. And then what you end up having is the LPs drop in value. And then the core coin of that ecosystem drops in value. And any sort of derivatives will not only drop in value, but drop even more because there's no one willing to buy them at that point. And uh, so that's something to be aware of with liquid stake tokens. Yeah, there's, it's not a totally free lunch from the perspective of like a high volatility situation, like a hack or something like that. So I like the fact that, you know what I've done actually? I like the idea of hiding in little bitty DeFi ecosystems now, like Stargaze or whatever. Why? Because there are no stable coins there. There's literally only the coin of the network and NFTs. That is it. And that's all. And what's nice about that is, is like, there's no way to like foment a crisis using some sort of like DEX, you know, scenario or something like that or whatever. So the number of attack surfaces goes down considerably. So I think these little watering holes in DeFi are going to become increasingly more interesting because of this, like, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm interested with the new, uh, like what Terra, front feather is doing i'm interested in seeing what little like mini chains get spun up that have maybe a very specific ethos and idea and might re end up representing like little miniature little store of value type things that aren't connected to a lot of other risk vectors right that's kind of interesting after watching yeah. Terra. so it's it, like yeah there could be a lot of little cool things like that that emerge like maybe you have like let's say for example bruce like Imagine a travel agency, right? Like a Travala.com. Imagine they spin up a little bitty like chain there and they have a little like Travala coin token or whatever the fuck. And you can immediately convert it to that, spend on whatever airfare or whatever junk you want to spend it on and then move on, right? Like you, don't, you may not need um, a lot of stable coins if you have tons and tons of business specific or app specific coins. It may become irrelevant to some extent. So I don't know. There could be some... Um, real good opportunities once that happens to like, I was thinking like, you know, imagine if Uber, for example, created a coin, right? Like, and you're like, well, I can see myself using Uber over the next 10 years. I'm just going to buy like, I don't know, I'm going to speculate that maybe the coin price will go up later. I'm going to buy myself like a thousand dollars of Uber, Uber coins and maybe it'll go up in value and then I can get more taxi rides later, something like that. So some of these kinds of things I think are bound to happen, but these little micro chain ideas, I don't know. I like hiding in them. It's like there's a there's like relatively low downside, and then they're kind of not connected to a bunch of shit. Um, I don't know. It's an interesting thing, but I learned a lot from that that Prism DPEG mm. scenario. That uh, it's not just UST that can DPEG or like mirrored assets, but for but liquid staked assets can most definitely fucking DPEG, <laughs> and that's a whole nother drama. Yeah, and you can also take advantage of them though. Like, if you look at the the Luna X or the the Amp Luna graphs, like they they are um, frequently going like five percent off the peg. Like Luna X has gone down like five 
five, maybe six, seven percent, about four times in the last just three months, which is quite interesting. Like you could accumulate that way as well. So it's like you can take advantage of these things as well, so long as you have conviction. Um, and hopefully nothing like before happens, but it's, yeah, it's interesting. I think and at sufficiently small scale, that's the problem. Yeah. You can't go too aggressive with those things. And that's the, uh, so yeah, if you're a small scale and you're just playing with money, those things are probably going to work. If you get really aggressive, you start, there's not, there's that, not that much liquidity there. So you end up moving the market just by touching it sort of. Yeah. There's also this fun thing, which you kind of hint at which is like um, when an ecosystem is first being rolled out, when the apps are first being rolled out, it's like, a, it's like this fun, unstructured learning domain where the, nobody quite knows what the opportunities are right at the start. It's like a race to, to work them out. I see it a bit like everyone receives a copy of the same game and they load it onto their computer, they install it on their computer, and they all log on to the map or whatever with their character. And it's like you don't know what the rule set is completely. You don't know what the parameters are. You don't know where the, the stash of gold is or, or where the, the um, things you can do that will give you an advantage are. You have to work it out together. Yeah. Right start, like it's, it's where the biggest advantages are. If you that's, find exactly why, that's exactly why people that play those kind of games, even in the gaming side of things, that's why they tend to go and play the beta and like get in there before like the, all the spoilers come out and everything else, right? Like, and after the fact, like, because it's the internet, like any sufficiently tested thing, usually you wind up having no competitive advantage. You, you, you have like, and actually people with more money tend to have the bigger advantage in all of those games or more time. So yeah. it's really tough to catch up on them. So it is cool, like what you're mentioning, when projects are brand new, yeah, they're risky and stuff, but they're also kind of like, uh definitely where the opportunities are for sure yeah yeah and like remembering uh i wasn't that involved in like a nerdy level with luna i was doing other stuff at the time when it was um rolled out but i noticed like a, a lot of the opportunities the the arbs the ways of like um looping things and whatever the fuck else like that came from specific people who were experimenters who then kind of um experimented and synthesized the knowledge and then told everyone else uh, and it was very few people who were actually like playing in the the mud and working these things out themselves and even fewer who were doing it early for a profit you know what i mean it's like it, it all comes later like if you can be a person who truly um embraces the the unstructured learning domain and tries to work it out himself you stand to make quite a lot when these new things roll out yeah, and, and it was funny because like we were talking about looping wallets, which is where you borrow against an asset, you buy more of that asset, then you borrow more against that asset, and you, <laughs> you do that like several times, and while keeping like a loan to value ratio within within scale. Uh, and um, <laughs> I remember like Donku and a few other people, Shigeo, what's his name? Um, yeah, Lunanomics, I think uh, was his like used his title, and um, they did this really aggressively, but we like. It was clearly meant to be. Remember, Bruce, it was like, make a separate wallet. And if you want to have one that you don't mind getting liquidated on, you can borrow against it, use the UST. And if the thing gets liquidated, fine. Otherwise, you just go spend your money on a car or something, right? Mm. And the idea was to use a separate wallet to do this so you don't like over leverage your whole portfolio. And I think Shigeo, even though after all the fucking lectures and whatever the fuck it was, he went and looped the fuck out of his main wallet. 
and um, yeah. which is why he got wrecked big time in that whole crash, even though he oh. wasn't necessarily staked. You know what one of the most, um, the things that was kind of most annoying to me about the the airdrop and the way it happened is that everyone got rewarded for looping. And not only did they get, they get rewarded for looping, is they got like uh, massively rewarded despite being liquidated at crazy high amounts. Like I'll give you an example, you know, Remy, Remy on LFG, Remy Tatoya, whatever his name is. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He, I, I, I found a load of the. the he was working player. for uh, Raul Paul at Real Vision at the time, by the way. Yeah, he got fired. Um, <laughs> I don't know what he did to get fired, but anyway, just be an idiot with Luna stuff. Um, but like, <laughs> actually, I have another story about that, but I'll tell you another time. Um, but anyway, I, I found his wallet early because um, he, he wasn't very. Uh, he was okay to start with. Like, I found his wallet for all kinds of reasons because he'd sent me messages saying he was selling Astro and stuff like that, and I just correlated it. <laughs> like, I found the cells, and then I found out he was doing some dodgy shit, like like mentioning Astro and then selling it like a minute later. I was like, Jesus, man, what the fuck are you doing? And but then I, I tracked his wallet through the the DPEG and through the crash. Um, and the preceding like few weeks and stuff. And he had an enormous amount uh, looped and looped again. Uh, I didn't know the, the details of like how it all works and stuff, but his, his, I think his base initial investment was something like 4 million. And at peak, <laughs> so he basically about, he wanted to become Raul Paul then. He wanted to be a billionaire. He had about, um, <laughs> yeah, he had about, he had about 13 million on eight board. And I think the initial was about 4 million. Um, but the funny thing about him was that he almost fully liquidated somewhere around sixty dollars. He lost everything in that range. He he didn't wow. even um, he didn't even get wrecked by the by the true spiral by the true um, DPEG. He got liquidated really fucking early. Uh, but but the the unfair thing is that despite getting liquidated by his stupidity rather than the spiral he was still airdropped like 250k lunar or something like something mm. crazy yeah yeah um, i'm like jesus he, he just got like <laughs> rewarded for being a moron <laughs> yeah exactly well i was mentioning that earlier my prism because i was in y luna i actually got um the because at the time of the dpeg that's what i had i actually had a considerable amount of uh, airdrop as well um, but I was actually sort of double dipped because I actually was able to both sell at a price higher than I started because my LTV on Anchor was only like, I think it was like at like $20 Luna or something like, and I, I had it down to almost $16 Luna. So it was like, I had plenty of time to sell that. But then I, because my airdrop, my snapshot happened at the time of the uh, DPEG, I actually um, had my Y Luna still at that moment. And as a result, like I was able to get an airdrop and exit so like so i still have a chunk of luna still even though i was able to sell too so yeah the that whole process of airdrop was a bit of a mess and like i just sort of got like arbitrarily lucky because i didn't know ahead of time what what tfl or doe was going to do so it's like i just was pushing buttons and shit and i just got lucky and i think the same with remy he just got lucky that that particular combination was like like it worked out for him or whatever well he wasn't yeah. anywhere as smart as you he was literally just looping the fuck out of it um and gambling he, he was just like straight up gambling he was like it's gonna go up only <laughs> and then just like yeah um but the the i think the the, the annoying thing with him was like he, he after worked the for a, 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 but the, a macroeconomics like podcast 
and he works for a billionaire or whatever and and Raul Paul and here he is like just just wrote gambling it was kind of funny oh yeah like, like people it, are taking it, financial it, advice from this guy or something you know worse than that as well in order to have the initial money in it he sold like a bunch of houses like i i heard the full story on this like he sold everything he sold everything went into luna and then like triple looped it <laughs> and then got Jesus liquidated Christ. so and then like, not only that Wow. Not only that, but like he, um, he then seethed afterwards. And I'm like, and like, cause I tracked his wallets and everything. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. Like it was, you were so fucking irresponsible and you got like mega rewarded for being a retard and you're still seething. Like, like, I don't know. It's just silly. And even now, like if you check his wallets and stuff, he's like getting like thousands a day in, in rewards and stuff, cashing it out. Like I can show you his wallets. Um, yeah, he'll survive okay. If he's got that much, he's got good solid yeah. return on his um like daily in terms of still getting Luna out of his yield. Because the yeah. inflationary yield, if you had a lot of Luna, you're just basically the primary beneficiary of that high yield, right? So hmm. anyway. Yeah, he he'll he'll be okay. He'll be able to survive. I don't know how much debt he took on to do all this shit, but did he borrow money too? I wonder. <laughs> like, you gotta get Remy no, on, and we need to interview Remy and talk to him, like how fucked up he got, like on the whole thing. Mm. Did he? Did he disappear? I haven't seen him tweeting anything lately. He's um shilling some other coin. Oh really? Uh, he's yeah. gambling on something else. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I don't think he's the smartest guy in the world, <laughs> given all of that, and and given like selling Astro immediately after he mentioned it and stuff like that, like. If I wanted to, I could go mega skating on that guy. <laughs> what did he do? He like posted about it and, and, and tried to get it to pump and then sold it or what? Yeah, he he said like buying Astro now, best thing in the market, da da da. Everything that's coming, you know, VX Astro and whatever else. And then like sold it a minute. They sold it like uh, 10 minutes later, that kind of thing, quite a lot. That's funny. Huh. It's not even a great way to sort of like pump and sell it, honestly. Like you just sell it immediately after saying something, unless did it pop a lot or something? Oh, right I after know. he said, "Okay." I just, I, I just like, I remember tracking a bunch of wallets. Like I worked out who some of the the LFG member wallets are, and I worked out like who some of the the Astroport Dev wallets were, and it's just interesting to watch them all um, and see what they do because it's like you're getting quite early information. Because um, although the, the the lawyers and whoever else might say, you know, don't trade, <laughs> don't do these things, they all do. Yeah. The, well, the thing is, like, there's so many different transactions, so many different people who's going to really keep up with this shit, right? So it's only when you get, like, a really big, say, YouTube channel, like a BitBoy Crypto or something, and you have, like, Zach XBT on your tail or some bullshit like that, um, you know, that it gets into issues. like. That's why it's like, if you are going to talk about something, it's good to sort of periodically tweet, by the way, I own a fuck ton of this. So like, if I say something, just be aware of this, right? That kind of thing. Like, I, I don't really make it a secret if I own some shit. Like, I'm like, if, if I dump on you, that's your problem. That's all there is to it. Like, but I don't necessarily like hide the fact that I own certain things necessarily yeah. just because why, why bother? But, yeah. Yeah. Often you don't know um, specifically who the person is, but you can like you can find a wallet, like a, a fresh wallet that bought a lot very early, and then you can look in their history and you'll find that they bought a fuckload like two days before some announcement, 
You know what I mean? So they have some kind of level of inside knowledge or whatever. Yes. And then you and that that's something though, Bruce. Like in the crypto space, like insider trading is an absolute certainty. Like it's the norm. If, it's the norm. If you guys think that it's like a fair system, get the fuck out. Like if the entire point of building an entire blockchain is either either to be like in the initial team where you have some kind of like allocation of some kind, or even if it was like let's say Do Kwan or something, right? Like it wouldn't be sh a shocking thing if he had sort of like undisclosed wallets of his own, for example, mm, that like, you know, had nothing to do with the primary team. Like maybe he even bought it spot, yep. like when it's a penny or some shit, he just bought like, you know, some arbitrary sum of it just to have it on the side. Because if he's pretty confident in himself and he wants to have like some benefit from the growth of this thing, and he's pretty sure it's really hard to sell team tokens or whatever without causing the market to move, right? It doesn't surprise at all that people would have their own little separate wallets. <laughs> that, that was the joke, right? The Do Kwan wallet probably has a separate one somewhere. <laughs> he probably did. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, You'd have to be a moron not to have one. I know. Um, I can't say who or what, but like I know some major um, initial offerings of, of coins and stuff, like public, public offerings of a certain amount um for top 100 projects by market cap that that the the main dev for the project botted it and got like 90 percent of the initial token supply or whatever um and and i was told this by like somebody high up he was like describing the situation how he's been working with this other company and like he knows like the the main dev on the project botted their own launch and and consumed like 80 90 percent of the tokens um and how like this same dev uh got his or got all his friends to uh like donate the total amount and and they all put it in this massive bot together and he botted the launch like from a fresh wallet with their combined total investment and like just swallowed the fucking thing and it did like a 20x afterwards just <laughs> like a limited amount of supply but like he was saying like this kind of stuff goes on all the time and he was annoyed because he was like this guy's a fucking idiot like how could he risk his own like fucking business despite having like millions upon millions in, in like actual token supply? He still wanted even more. Just insane. Greedy like, little bastard. All the time. <laughs> well, no, because the team tokens, the problem is, is that like uh, if, if you're a bigger project, yep. um, selling the team tokens like creates additional problems. So it's like you, you know, it makes sense not to avoid that because also it's almost like uh, imagine like the CEO of a company you know has to disclose that they're, disclose that they're selling stock or something like that and then people say wait a minute why is this guy selling a stock so I can understand why people would buy their own little stash while the oh, yeah. coins are super and super cheap vested for like four years or something yeah the long vesting periods or whatever so they can get in on the the because here's the thing Bruce like the what the asymmetric knowledge you have when you're an insider trader like at a company or whatever is that you know when certain announcements are going to be made right that's the thing so even if you had a bunch of vested tokens who gives a shit how are you going to you know you're not going to be able to do anything with them and you're not going to be able to sort of like utilize this asymmetric information and globally right like if you're on a global blockchain and maybe like you know, like nobody's following what you're doing or not doing. They have no idea you have these extra wallets or whatever. Like who's going to accuse you and like convict you of insider trading? What are the odds of this? I think Kim Kardashian had an, like a thing, right? Because she's a celebrity. Yeah. I think that happened to her 
she got sued or something like that. But even then, I don't think she's like going to prison or some shit. She's not pulling a Martha Stewart or whatever. Remember that, like that lady that went to prison for a while. Um, so yeah, in the in the in the crypto space, like insider trading is, should be considered like it doesn't matter what coin it is. You should assume that other people have more knowledge than you do. Um, as oh, far yeah. as like al- this is what we call alpha in the in the general sense, right? In um and and you you know this as well because like before any announcement in the whole of crypto basically forever historically uh, look at the chart before the announcement <laughs> like it starts pumping like two days it before does. it does yes. and a lot yeah it's getting front run actually already exactly um, yeah because it because it, these are relatively illiquid right so even the like even if they tell a few friends or something like that and it starts to move already. Yeah, hundred percent. And not only that, but if you notice this, Bruce, like, okay, so like, the eGold conference is happening this weekend in Paris, the X day or some shit. And um, the like, so the price of the coin will typically start to rise, like maybe for like the few weeks before the conference or the announcement or whatever. And yeah. even the selling starts happening. It front runs the conference. It's not like okay, wait till the conference happens. Let the people go into a frenzy and buy. A lot of times the coin will, if there's no expected announcement that's major at the conference that's new, then what will happen is it'll drop. Remember, like Adam did the same thing. Remember that? Like with before that Medellin conference, like the coin price started to drop even before the conference. And then it kept dropping until the conference time was finished. And then once all that selling yeah. pressure of like the post, you know, the the conference pumped to $17, right? And it dropped dropped back down to like 12 bucks or something. And then, yeah. um, then people bought it again. Yeah, this whole like funny. people have these like um, formulate r- rules, like you know, buy the rumor, sell the news, and then they have to adapt to the fact that everyone else is thinking that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it winds back exactly. like three days. No, that's exact, and that's the same thing that happened to that like that uh, trading uh, like volume profile thing, right? The VPVR that I, sh- I that I posted on my charts, those little like yellow blue like bars that are on the side. You should assume that price will drop below those bars because the everybody's using those things. Like so like it's like uh, it becomes pervasive at some point. Like if you realize like trading view is the number one um like uh whatever you call it platform for charts and stuff uh and in crypt among crypto people. And they had a huge number of subscriptions. The number of people that subscribe to TradingView are outlandish. Like I've talked to the TradingView people. They're like, hey, do you want to do some uh, whatever, Twitter space or something with us or whatever. And I've done scripts on this thing and everything else. And um, the TradingView thing um, is interesting because like any kind of interesting new um, tool like that, that actually is very useful, um, ends up being used by so many people that when a sufficient critical mass of people use it, everyone has their liquidation prices and stop losses and everything set approximately the same. So naturally what happens is, is that like when the price reaches there, you have this cascading liquidation below those bars. So I've learned my lesson that, okay, look, these things work, but you have to like uh, predict that the price will go um, below these things. Not, not uh, because, because that's just where people are placing their stop losses for, for liquidations for like their leverage positions or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. This whole front running thing. Uh, yeah. And eventually like, yeah, if everyone's doing it, like there's no, there's no alpha left and it's like, okay, wait, it's just guessing again. <laughs> so, and none of these techniques really work every time anyway. So it's not like a, a guarantee or something like that. No, 
if, if I don't I mean I don't know much about trading, but it feels like one of the only main things you can bet on is like um some some novelty, some change in trends will happen. And also just this like overall concept of things like volatility, um, rather than direction. Yeah, yeah. Um, like for the longest time, everyone would watch the Apple, um, you know, keynote speeches, you know, cause before, you know, remember when Steve jobs announced like the iPhone or the iMac initially, right. Everyone's been waiting year after year after year, like for decade after decade, year after year for this, like some new amazing thing, like the Apple car or some bullshit to be announced. And, uh, it turns out that, you know, okay, it's just one more iPad. It's just one more iPhone. It's one more Apple watch or whatever. And it kind of kept being the same thing over and over again. So the, those events tended to not really move the price anymore after a while. Um, but uh, yeah, if an event has some major announcement and they're able to keep it secret up until the time of the conference, then it's a bit different. Um, or if the, or if the uh, coach, the other way to look, think of that is this, like, so there's things that can be priced in and there's things that can't. So it, like, for example, if a project release results in an influx of new customers to buy the product or the like participate and that's what's going to drive up the cost of the coin because of the tokenomics then you can rely upon like the event to be the thing that drives it right but if it's something that's just like expectations and whatnot then you get more of that uh like buy the rumor sell the news kind of theory and i think uh the question is is like is the uh, price of the token deterministic in some way to the function of the token and then some new function gets released and now the price goes up? Those are very uncommon, like those situations. Um, there were a few, I can't remember what they were now, but like I think uh, Prism token and a few other things like were examples. Oh yeah, I know an example. So like, for example, if you have a coin and you expect it to be um, very common on lots of, you know, exchanges and things, right? You'll notice that when a coin gets listed on like Coinbase uh, or on a Binance or something, it's a really small, illiquid coin, it pumps like crazy, but it doesn't like, it doesn't fully pump until it gets listed. It gets part of the way there. And then when the listing yeah. happens, it really pops because like that's where all these users show up, right? They're not will, a lot of users aren't willing to say, hey, look, okay, it's going to open on Binance on certain such a day. And I'm going to like go to another exchange and buy this token on Uniswap or something ahead of time. Uh, what also happened was like Binance and Coinbase and these types of people, they stopped announcing ahead of time when they're going to actually list. They just sort of list it, right? Spontaneously. And they, they did that to help some of the front running problems and maybe make it more fair to people. But like even then, like some of the Coinbase insiders did this shit, right? There's some coins that were going to be listed and then they went and bought them. So I think the SEC or somebody went after some of the Coinbase employees for that shit too. Very funny. Like you probably shouldn't do this if you're an employee at a crypto company that's going to be listed because like like they're going to know it's you. Like somebody in the company or someone that's that like leaked this information. But um, yeah, it's what fun stuff. But with Luna though, Mayor, so, uh, May, with Luna though, the funny thing is like. Doe sort of posted about this and his article was so nebulous. No one read it. Like his, uh, the one on Commonwealth Bruce. I don't think anyone read it really. Like the, the, you know, his, the post about what he's doing with feather. Cause I've seen almost no posts about it at all from anybody. So that tells me that like, yeah, I don't know. Like it hasn't really spread the word and probably Did he just posted today or how long has it been the last few days. 
yeah, like on the it's really protocol. Just, it's a message to those who care to say bye now. Uh huh. Exactly. <laughs> That's what it was. Remember, he actually posted the feather uh, icon like what a month ago, something like that. And we were like, "What the fuck is that? Is that a pen or what?" And he's like, "No, it's a feather." <laughs> That's funny. So yeah, he, like he yeah, it was a tw- it was a hint to people to. Hey, by the way, I'm going to announce something if you care by now kind of a thing. It's like a well, ode to the followers. People don't have the attention span to uh, message click a off of Twitter. <laughs> it's, all, um, it's all contrived. Like like the whole, I mean, I, who's here? Let me have a look. Let's hope nobody from TFL is here. <laughs> there are too many. I can't scroll all of them. Um, anyway, the, the, the plan is like uh, make a proposal. Oh, here's my idea. And then like, in a few days' time, next week, he'll be like, "Oh, I built it already. <laughs> it's all done. It's all done." He he built it a long time ago. Like it's it's done. It it's already done. Yeah, that's um, basically what he told me. He said uh, the, not to release it until the they're finished ma- forming the alliance or whatever that means. So there there's some like technical shit being done before they do the full release. But he's trying to get it end of year. So I was like, "Yeah, Bruce and I are trying to figure out what to do, like what to say." And um, and then so he was like, yeah, here's the here's the story, blah blah blah. And I was like, okay, fine. Um, like we'll do something. I kind of reiterated what you said. Like let's do something when it's time to release all this information and kind of like get him on Twitter Spaces and like fuck with him a little bit. It'd be fun. <laughs> It'll be a lot of. So I think that should be quite entertaining. Like we need to gin up a, quite the audience too. It's like you know we need to get like Twitter Spaces to break. Like you know what is it like three thousand plus people can fit in this thing. But yeah, if you get dough on his basis, he'll be completely full. It'll be a lot of fun. Mm. I am dying to interview him. And honestly, I would just ask him like actual genuine questions. I wouldn't even ask about, you know, everything that probably everybody else has already interviewed him about. More more or less the future, picking up the pieces, you know, taking those lemons and making some lemonade. Yeah, I think like it's good because like, uh, we've been around old Terra. We've been around sort of Luna classic. We've been around uh, cosmos at large. We've seen how the different projects work. Like we have an idea of like what the Adam two thing and like the osmosis thing, you know, they're planning. So it's like, I think we have the right mix of maybe bed of knowledge to sort of be able to ask him the right questions where, you know, they're properly insightful, but they're not stupid. Right. Like they, they, you gotta have enough, I guess, like, I don't know, you have to know the recipe a little bit to understand what he's doing differently here and um, like to feel the vision out, but then also clarify like, okay, what is it about what you're doing is going to help the average user? Like, how is that going to help a developer? Um, Like, how is that going to, you know, like converting what he said into something anybody else here gives a shit about? is the key so that's right that's what I, that's what i'm trying to think about how to do that and um ask the right questions to get in there sort of but anyway he's pretty good at doing like us like a dialogue himself like he could probably just you know just say what it all is but then i think if he gets too flowery and too poetic bruce like <laughs> nobody's gonna know what the fuck he's talking about because that commonwealth article is not that obvious if you read it right like if you don't understand a lot of principles i think it'll just go over people's head what do you think? Did you like? What did you think about it, Bruce? Like, would you understand it all? I haven't even read it properly. I've just heard what you said and what I knew. Um, <laughs> it's I'm a pretty simple. It's not that long of a thing. It's a it's a small list of like what 
uh, he's trying to achieve. But uh, I felt like it took a moment to sort of sort it out because he uses some different flowery language. But um, I, I think he makes the point also that like the best protocols and the best chains attract the most liquidity, right? So the gentrification idea is like, okay, you may have like 50 projects running on your chain, but it tends to focus in one place. And those uh, chains that have the capability of just simply being their own chain instead of their own app, we should support that and make it easy to deploy that instead of adapt. And that would kind of like help decentralization. It would help like uh, Luna more directly because the DAP economy, Bruce, the problem is like normally, right? If you run a DAP, like let's say a Prism protocol or whatever. Um, well, Prism's not a good example because like liquid staking, but imagine just running any, any DAP, like uh, I don't know, like NFTs or something, right? Like Luna's transacted there, but it doesn't necessarily automatically mean that the, it has a direct deterministic effect on the price of Luna. It, the transactions basically lead to some revenue. But the difference in the the like consumer chain model is very different. Like the DAP is truly play, paying like a more cohesive rent to the primary blockchain. Yeah, does that make sense? Like so, there's a better revenue model long term, but it also can be better for the primary DAP also to have its own chain. So I think I understand what he's getting at, but it's it's uh, I think it'd be very powerful. We'll see. It's funny that they're beating uh, Cosmos to it, though. So, like, if this comes out before the Adam Two thing comes out, then that's going to be very fascinating. Yeah, let, let's let's see how much they actually embrace competition and uh, best man wins. Yeah. Hey, Ivan, what's happening, man? Ivan, you surviving there? <laughs> I don't know if he's there or not. Or uh, Delords, what's going on, Delords? I don't know if anyone's like we. I think we put everyone to sleep. Proper. <laughs> They're all na- we're all napping. Everyone's yeah. napping. Just give some nice, nice, pleasant voices, and just kind of get everyone to go to sleep in a little comfortable. <laughs> just get them, like it's nice I, and cool. I've, I've been enjoying the conversation too, and, and Steffi, I, I definitely think it's great to remind people that crypto is absolutely, absolutely so much riskier, and there's so many more high tech people out there working the system with insider information than, than you can imagine. I mean, you think about it, traditional finance, people pay financial advisors, you know, large sums of money to, to deal with their money. And, and those, those financial advisors are using algorithms and they're using software, but that's those same types of software and trading tools are available, but it's just such a, I think a higher level, like you were talking about with, um, that people can just trade and, you know, get liquidations and all kinds of stuff. So it, it is, it can be extremely rewarding, but it's also extremely risky. And it's good, it's good to be reminded of that all the time. Yeah, like part of what saved me actually, uh, Bruce was, uh, or Mayor was uh, like, Kajira helped a lot. Like, that's why I think a lot of people are interested in that platform. Because um, once you have people doing DGEN stuff again, um, like you can buy like more of any asset you want. Um, you have to be more, you have to be actually fiscally more conservative to use Kajira. Actually, it seems like some sort of DGEN platform, but actually you have to put a limit order essentially that I want to buy this coin. If it falls to this price, like let's say for example, I put a limit order in for Adam and it's like at $12 today, it's like at 15, right? 
So you have to put a limit order in, which forces you to sort of park some cash there and wait and only buy this if the price falls. And then on top of that, you get a discount because you'll get like maybe a like a 10%, oftentimes a 10% or more discount on that price because you're, you're basically um, getting the benefit of being the liquidator, right? So you are the one um, sort of like getting the profit from the liquidation in a sense. So that's what's really cool about Kajira. So I think if you're fiscally more conservative, as far as like how you place orders, that's what I would look yeah. into. I've, I've actually just started looking at Finn and Orca. It, 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 and it's a very smooth interface. I, I really like it. But yeah, yeah anyways, Orca in particular is what I was referring to. It's the yeah. one where you, but there's not that many things that are being liquidated right now. That's the problem. Yeah, because the market's kind of been, you know, just chumming along a little bit. But interesting. But hey, on the macro question, you know, it seems like the, you know, the overall, you know, Bitcoin's got this little bump up because of the news. I guess the U.S. jobs report was a little weaker than expected. And so crypto's got this little bump, you know, crypto, uh, Bitcoin went above 21K. So, um, but I think you were talking about 200 day moving averages earlier. And I think it's just real interesting to, or just good to remember. It's like, you know, it's going to take something a lot more than just a weak jobs report to, to shake shake this bear market off and you know go back in one solid direction in yeah but by definition like like if a technical definition how do you know you're out of a bear market is you're typically something like a 200 day moving average or a 300 day moving average even has flattened out completely um that means that you will not catch the bottom because usually the bottom is lower than the moving average right so you will miss the bottom in that type of context but um you can uh, but at the same time like when the 50-day moving average crosses the 200 while the 200 is in an uptrend that by definition to me is a bull market um the beginning of one it means yeah. that like the bot the market has a chance to be completely flushed out it takes like almost mm -hmm. a year or two for that to actually happen to be flattened out completely and that also varies because like if you dump more right it takes even longer for it to flatten out so there's no guarantee. Like all you can say is like at current trajectory, it would take probably at least six months for the tuner day to flatten out, if not more, maybe nine. Yeah. So that's how yeah. you know, like it takes that much time. It's not, it's not a, it's not a quick and, and thing these, at all. These moving, these moving averages are the gold standards of like how a lot of these algorithmic um, trading softwares are. That's programmed. Correct. It's like when, when you get that pot, like when it goes down, it's called the, the death cross. But when it, when when it crosses the the fifty day crosses the two hundred day, it's called I forget what yeah, the golden term cross. is. What, the but golden it's more cross. than just and that. It's, like, it's it's yeah different. Like I learned this the hard way back in 2019, 2018, or whatever. Um, the when the two hundred day moving average is still in a downtrend, and you get a fifty day moving average cross, you usually get what's called a dead cat bounce. That's when BTC went from like three k to like thirteen k. Remember that? That was like twenty nineteen, early. Um, and that was when people are like, oh, it's just going to dump again. I'm like, no, it's going to go back to 20 K. And they're like, no, it's going to dump again. I'm like, what the fuck? And that's exactly what it did. But that it was like that, what do you call it? The, the pandemic dump, uh, drag things even you, further. Remember? Yeah. You get a black swan event like that. Yeah. And mix things up a little bit. So, so where we are right now, but it's, it's, it's two it's, things it, though, Mayor. It's when you have simultaneously a 200 day moving average in the downtrend and you have a black swan event also that's when the you get the drama 
right? Yeah. So like, yeah, of course. if you have yeah, a volatility. trend moving average, the uptrend, you'll tend to mm-hmm. shuck off some of the bad news a little bit easier. You see what I'm saying? Like it, it adds, yes. to the, it's like a fuel to the fire type of thing. Mm-hmm. It's market sentiment it's, and, and mo- momentum. It's also because, and all, Mayor, because the smart money is not willing to buy until like the market's truly bottomed out long run. And the smart money Correct. is not so easily liquidated, nor are they as easy to sell. That's the difference. And, and the smart money's locked into all the algorithmic trading. And until that you do get the golden cross, it's, it's a lot of it is sitting on the sidelines. So yeah. I, I think so, I heard some people talking about it's like we could be in a bounce right now from like a double bottom bounce. Yeah, I don't know Possibly. if this would be constitute. This is still a double bottom, though. I think this was a bottom for six months. Like, I don't know. Uh, maybe. I suppose it's possible. But in these, yeah. but remember when 2018, 2019, like when that lasted, like maybe four or five months uh, between like late 2018, 2019. And then you had another dump for the pandemic thing, right? Which is a very, like a V-shaped recovery type of deal in the stock market and everything. So that was a double bottom at that time. Now the economy is considerably worse objectively than then i think um and therefore like you could expect a double or triple bottom over long time frames like you know over a year or two like not even just a period of months so i don't know like i think uh uh you shouldn't get too too wound up like you should not be surprised at all like for btc to go back to like i don't know 16k or something 17 17 again these things shouldn't Mm -hmm. surprise us at all at this point that's it would be like whatever it's just pretty much normal, I would say, is how I think about exactly. it. Yes, in, in, unless there's some type of event or policy change with the Fed. And, you know, the, the whole reason I bring this up is is just because it's like, you know, you know, like we were talking about a little bit more earlier about escaping from the traditional finance and a lot of the baggage and just all the inflation. It's like the reason you if you are in this and if you are kind of dabbling in DeFi, number one understand what you're doing extremely extremely risky number two if you're going to either trade or or you got to understand what you're doing if you're just trading flipping around you might get lucky you might not or if you're going to buy and hold long term get a strategy get some type of plan if you don't have a plan you you could get wrecked really hard really quick but anyways definitely good conversation for sure to to bounce ideas off of each other C5, what do you think about the Darwin protocol that's being worked on? I really like this idea. I actually discussed a similar idea with Strafe Cole a couple of months ago. you have a link or something? I haven't... uh... Uh, They just shared it, actually. I think Terra... Yeah, Terra Money literally just shared it. Let me share it in this chat because, you know, it's got Pokemon in it. Terra Money shared it. Yeah, I think they did. Darwin protocol. Survival of the fittest, huh? Here we go. Gotcha. I've just shared it in the space. I mean, I have been baffled why Nintendo. Um, I come from, so people know me as, you know, Happy Catty Crypto. Before I was Happy Catty Crypto, I was actually behind two Instagram pages and they're both retro pages. So I fix like all things retro. I mean, you know, I can turn a Game Boy into a, like the most high tech thing you've ever seen oh, with okay. Bluetooth like audio thing. and. Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay. So for me, it's a no-brainer for Nintendo to come out with Pokemon NFTs. I'm just so shocked that they haven't chased that path. And to see that 
orbital commander working on something where they're going to actually use a Charmander on the test net. It's, 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 it's kind of like clickbait in itself, really, for someone that, because I'm 30 this month, so I'm like in that 90s genre, Pokemon was really the thing when I was growing up. And the Pokemon market itself, so like the trading market, card market itself is, you know, huge. Paul yeah, Logan so, okay, wears a... So it looks like evolving... Um, NFTs. Like NFTs that can evolve, and they created a new sort of basal NFT infrastructure for Terra, which is really good, like, because Cadena has, like, Marmalade. Um, I'm, 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 I, sh- I should probably, like, get a full, like, deep dive into this tech because I learned quite a bit about what is needed for NFT, um, like the NFT metadata and other things. Actually, I should probably like have a conversation with Terra Money about this at some point because like some of the things that Marmalade on Cadena did was very, very cool. Um, so it's not only just like the ability to sort of modify uh, sort of NFT, NFT data as time goes on when, you know, like new things get can sort of attach to it, but also this idea that imagine the price of your last sales of your NFT on the blockchain, let's say they were recorded um, like on the ledger specific to that NFT, and then your NFTs would no longer be stuck on a singular marketplace for pricing data. Does that make sense? Like you, you would not only have IBC, IBC capable NFTs that can just be migrated anywhere in the cosmos, but you could carry with the actual NFT, the prior buys and sells so that you're no longer like a slave to a particular marketplace. Does that make, yeah. Does that make sense to you? It's almost like if you were to sell something on eBay versus Craigslist, but like the pricing data goes with the object, not with the marketplace. So it's, it's a cool thing. Anyway, I got to find out if they did this with this or not. Yeah, so they've got a the evolution. So here's the evolution dynamics. So you've got a user mints a Charizard NFT. You've got the test net for that. You can then feed the Charmander Luna to make him evolve. And um, then there's the Charmander de-evolve. So I'm guessing that's, you know, going back down in stages for whatever reason. I don't know. It's, you know, things like this interest me. I know for like you guys that are really like heavily, deeply into the real core components of everything, but like simple things like this, I find can really, you know, attract different oh, yeah. kinds of communities. Yeah. Yeah. It energizes people. And like, there's some fun to be had. Um, and also like just the, it's a, it's a demonstration of a better sort of baseline NFT protocol and metadata system, which I think uh, Cosmos sort of needed anyway. I think the people at Stargaze are working on similar things. Uh, like, yeah, Cadena, Marmalade is a similar thing. Uh, but yeah, like uh, a better sort of form of NFT is really important for um, like, yeah. And I think, yeah, it's, I'm glad to see yeah. that Tara's doing this. I gotta, I gotta ask more questions of them. NFTs will bring in the masses once it goes mainstream. Like it's gonna. Yeah. You also like what hasn't been the case yet, Mayor, is the uh, NFT related game engines um, did not have sufficiently programmable nfts with really good like metadata structure attached to them so as far as like imagine an nft as a data object Mm -hmm. um 
like so far it's been like a kind of a mediocre experience not that dissimilar to when mp3s first came out or even mp2s yes i remember mp <laughs> like, like before freinhofer 3 or whatever um yeah like the like you know the data on there like the artist the title and the, the playtime and the genre and all those kinds of things um like there's a lot of flaws even in that system actually and i can you know, i don't want to bore us with those yeah. but the but like to do that well in an nft space could really uh be really big for the ability to use games yeah. music and like connect uh nfts into like maybe like let's say mayor like let's say you own two nfts uh of some sort of project that these two things combined would interact differently because you owned them in the in the same wallet or something mm -hmm, like that, mm -hmm. right? Like, there's all yeah. sorts of interesting permutations to this. Yeah, you, you know why Polygon pumped this week, right? That that there was an announcement that Instagram is going to mint. You're going to be able to mint NFTs on Instagram with the Polygon chain, and I think mm. fa Facebook's jumping into. So that's oh, why well. that's why Polygon pumped like about thirty percent. Oh, not surprising. Yeah. And yeah, the Polygon team has been ridiculous in terms of business development. And this Pokemon thing, they're sort of using the word Pokemon in there. I guess Terra Money is not, like, they haven't been sued by enough people yet. <laughs> like, is this anything to do with actual Pokemon? Probably yeah, not. Yeah, I wonder if there's a connection there, because that's definitely a trademark for sure. Oh, they yeah. come after you. I, 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 I can honestly, solemnly swear by this. I can even put a, a post up with the picture in. A friend of mine was developing aftermarket cartridges for uh, ROM hacks that people create on the internet. He then started a company. I can't say the name, but he's now, you know, suffering an actual, like in a court battle with Nintendo. Like they's, they do not mess around. Like they will come for you so fast. There's such a huge problem with proxy Pokemon cards at the moment in places like Thailand, China, uh, Japan, not so bad, but they're really cracking down on it. Like you can go to jail for like 10, 15 years for producing Pokemon cards that are proxied um, in like Thailand. Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Going to prison for car Pokemon cards. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are you in for? I mean, it loads of cards, mate. <laughs> yeah. You're going to get your ass fucked in that situation for sure. Hey, Ivan. Uh, yeah. You had your hand up. Go ahead. Sorry, I was on another screen. Uh, I I heard uh, uh, this is where all the famous and uh, smart people hung out. Uh, I was just uh, checking to confirm. Uh, no, just the usual retards. Oh, okay, good. I'm in the right place. You made it. Well done. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I, 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 I should have seniority here, though, I do believe. Um, <laughs> anyway, how's everybody doing tonight? Yeah, I think you're right, Ivan. I uh, know. Now, Safi, that wasn't very nice. Wait, what? You do have seniority. I think that's correct. Yeah, <laughs> like, I had feelings, you know, until you crushed them. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you were saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, nothing. Just figured I'd pop in and see how everybody's doing. Yeah, I think everyone's cool. Uh, yeah, did Delords? Did you make it back, or Bruce? Oh, hey, hey, Sefi, hey, Ivan. Sefi, my my link uh, long is doing well. I'm up sixty percent. Nice. Oh, you took an actual leverage position. I did a I did the cheetah leverage position using the low liquidations hack. I figured out with uh, Qcoin's futures bots. 
Okay. So you're up so far. How much? I've been. Uh, let me send you a screenshot. One sec. Mm. So you're kick, kind of kicking ass there, then. Um, uh, put in 10k, like 16k or something. Oh, okay. It's gone down a bit. No, see in what, that ring. Where, where is it now? Like, let me see. Um, yeah, I'm up. Like, I don't know. Uh, not too much. Like a couple thousand bucks. Like, I I bought it at 750. It's at 881 now. But yeah, I, I'm not gonna mess with it till it's like about. Uh, minimally a 2x like that's a given like link is very easy to move in that respect so uh i think yeah with this staking news or whatever the hell it is it seems like an easy it seems like easy money to me i don't know if i'll keep it till it's like a 3x though uh i guess i don't know it depends on how the rest of the market's doing like where do you think you're going to close this out or, or did uh, you plan it out right. that far yet no. no i was just trying to post it at the same time um I, I set it for a 2x to I, I'm following your 2x theory that more than that is greedy and less than that is just, just yeah uh, 2x cynical. is sufficient I think for this one because by then right let's say December rolls around along right there will always be something else so like we can find it uh, if you because the thing is like we have enough people to visit these rooms right like there's always someone that goes oh yeah go get this. I'm like, all right, sure, whatever. So there's, there's, it's not like we have short of alpha around here. Uh, mm. We can always, we can always pick something else when the time comes. Get the two X. Yeah, just leave. what it is right now, like 50, 50 60 percent, it's gone down a bit. But um, yeah, it's, it's quite a little hack. It, it liquidates at six, so that's not too crazy given the narrative and everything. Yeah, this futures grid's knocking out of the park for sure. What would have been the? What's the liquidation price though? With this six, at, like six flat, six really. It's not bad. Six. So well, it, it's a weird hat because you get a lower. I, I I don't know how. I still don't know how it works. It just doesn't make sense on many levels. But because mm. the grids are stacked on top of each other, it, it gives you a lower one. Interesting. So, oh, it's because not all of your position is. Yeah, but it's weird because if that was the case, you would expect it to liquidate the way down, like the upper grids. It doesn't make complete sense. I think they just fucked it in the back end somehow. Okay. <laughs> but I'm just going to like, continue it. doing it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just a hack and, to basically um, just get a lower liquidation level and still get the leverage. Yeah, one of the cool things is like if it goes up and down, then it's rebuying those lower grids and making profit from them again. Uh, the other cool thing is like, the, the cheap liquidation, which is what I just talked about. Um, and the other cool thing is that whatever it profits adds to the margin, which lowers the liquidation anymore. So if this grid has, say, um, $3,000 in profit, which it probably will, um, in grid profits somewhere between now and, I don't know, what's the price now? Yeah, when it gets to 11 or something, it might have about $3,000 in grid profits. And that will significantly lower the liquidation down to like five or something. Oh, because the profit is accumulating in the system, so your collateral is yep. increasing. Goes too. into your margin. Ooh, yeah, I like that. I need to do. Yeah, I should have done this. <laughs> like, I need to do this next time. Uh, it's, it's, it's more fun, well, because it's like because um, it's something it to back, watch. It's like a little pet. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I like is that it just like it, it. It generates the thing I like about grids in general is that it. It's really easy to satisfy your. You're like, um, I don't know, your pleasure-seeking dopamine mind when it's right. constantly spitting out profit. 
like even if it goes up if it, even if it goes now down to uh like below the entry price to seven or something it's going to be buying the way up um and it's also probably going to be uh a little bit volatile on the way down so it will still be generating grid profit like it, it will still be making money and whatever the grid profit is now is not going to go down it's locked in yeah, um, the only thing that can happen is buying. yep yep they're always fun <laughs> like it's just kind of a it's an interesting to be watching always just it's, it's a nice little like uh yeah there's a tendency to kind of you get used to it after a while and obviously you sort of like it's like one of those things you look at every day like the weather it's like hmm how's my little bot doing you know well, how much is it made today how volatile exactly. are we today and all that sort of shit well it's like it, it's paying out constantly so that's great and all volatility that's great and even if it goes down significantly even below your entry price it's just gonna sell grids on the way up again so it's like whoopee i've got another chance to ride the wave and make even more and then like even better than that if it goes down a fuckload um and you have a regular grid you can just use the profits to buy in really cheap and lower your average cost yeah so it's pretty easy not to get liquidated right yeah well i mean you can be i'm a little being a little bit uh risky here putting it at six or something i saw that it hadn't been below six in a long time and uh, I saw that the the narrative was kind of shifting that you pointed what out. Range, like, what range did you pick here on this? I think this was between $6 and what exactly? Um, you, you can play with it, but this one has an active range between like 7 and 15. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And it's also really... Um, not at this price, it's not particularly very high risk either because Link is a highly liquid token on lots of exchanges. So, you know, like any little pump in the market and Link goes up, right? It's it's yeah. botted so heavily with so many other coins and stuff. So like it will tend to, uh, it'll follow Ethereum and Bitcoin almost always as far as yeah. like those go up or down, it will go up and down for sure. Yep. Um, but if you put it, I've got it on like 8x. If you put it on like 3x or 2x or something like that, um, and you keep the range wide, like maybe between 7 and 21 or something, if you're optimistic about a 3x, um, then you'll get a much lower liquidation as well. It's almost like almost completely risk-free, in fact, unless Bitcoin goes to like 8k or something. Yeah, it would have to be like kind of ridiculous. Or at the same time, or you just like add to your position to prevent liquidation, I guess, right? Yep. It's it's also weird in that that like the whole thing is leveraged in that um, even if you're not making grid profits, uh, you're still you're still leveraging the all of the grids anyway before they hit. Like you look at the look at the screenshot, right? Because you're you, the, all of your positions are perps. Yep. Right. But and then the, you get the yield like, from the the. So what you're getting is you're getting okay. So you, the perpetuals are sort of there and then on top of that you have the grid profit as well but that's actually yep. magnified compared to your original cash you put in because it's a by definition it's a perpetual so it's like you you're yep. you're accessing more funds so your grid profits just skyrocket essentially so well it's it's um so what's happening here like it's 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 gone up so it's gone from 8 to 8.8. .8. It's gone up 10%, right? Like in the range of around 10% increase. 
but my profits on the right top right hand side they've gone up 50%. So I'm getting basically a 5x leverage. Um it's a bit weird like it's it's like even though it says 8x you're not really getting 8x because the effective leverage depends on your range. Um it it it, it like kind of opens itself or closes itself. Um the multiplier depending on the range you set, which is weird. It, there's a lot of weirdness to it. I haven't quite figured it out. In fact, I don't really care to figure it out because it's like it's like cheetah mode, um, which is cool. But like, uh, yeah, e- even if like um, the grid profits aren't high, if I close the position now, I get like 15k or whatever. It's 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 effectively 5x leveraged for um, less than a usual 5x uh, liquidation point. Yeah, that's the that's the key. Mm. So yeah, this this seems like it's the most most sensible uh, option for, especially when you you have a nice like bottomed out market, relatively speaking, and you have a catalyst, and you're able to lower liquidation price, and you're getting the leverage. So it's yeah. like you can almost make a chart. Do I have I met all these criteria or not? And if exactly. I have, then like go for it, right? Like it just makes sense. Yeah, and um, if cool. it. If it if it goes up or the market sentiment kind of gets bad or something like that, you can also earn a lot on the, the funding rates. Like if the, if the shorts are paying the longs, then you can earn a fuckload. Like I'll give you an example. For instance, when, when um, here, the longs are probably paying the shorts because the market's uh, pretty down, I would think yeah. because of that. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's normal. Like I think the targeted rate is like 0.01% per eight hours or something. And it's about that. It's like just bang on average. Um, but if if it's deemed to go too high, then you'll start getting paid. Um, or sometimes there's like a kind of a lag. Like, do you remember? Do you remember when um, the the Lunk network halted and the tokenomics completely changed, and then it reopened again? Um, and at that point, I opened a bunch of these futures grids because I was like, hang on a minute, the the whole situation has changed. There's no longer a minting mechanism. Um, it's just a different coin now. And at that point, there were so many shorts open on Lunk still that uh, I was getting paid, um, I think, for having like a $10,000 uh, bot open, like a $10,000 bot open. I was being paid about 5000 a week initially just to keep the bot open, aside from any of the profit, just in pure funding fees. Yeah, I don't think uh, it's funny. I think half the people in this room, I, I don't think understand like where where do like I get how much, one of these bots? How do I how download much free, one of these how much bots? free money you can make on these things? Like, like the, I think uh, like it's funny because you can tell because usually when there's like all this free alpha being delivered, right? Like people that know, understand this, they're asking questions, and the people are like, okay, I'm listening. Uh, they kind of follow you. And then there's all the people that don't follow at all, and like maybe they're lost, and they just don't realize how much free money they're they're not aware. This is of. some next level trading right here. It's pretty no, it's not that complicated. It's just like you just have to play a little bit in like these grid. Well, you got you have to understand perpetuals, right? And then you're you're leveraging, right? This is where I come to learn C C Pi. This is this is how I figure things out. You know, you learn from people, you listen, you're kind of just taking it in. I've actually just downloaded, you know, same CX as Bruce is doing it on, so I could join the... Yeah. So, <laughs> I think the quietest might everyone sat there downloading that. 
Oh, that sounds nice. You get KuCoin. Get the, get the KuCoin app if it's uh, available in your territory. Hopefully it is. I think it's available everywhere. Um, and then you just mess around with the bots. Uh, I, I think, um, I don't know. Like the, the way I've learned everything and figured out everything is just messing around myself. In fact, I don't listen to much at all. I'm just like a compulsive um, experimenter. Like when, when me and Seppi started talking, we'd already both played around with this stuff forever like in isolation and then we came to share our little like treats the things we'd found and found it was basically the same kind of thing hi bruce actually i have to jump um i've got kind of like an event to prepare for tomorrow so i've got to run um so i think we'll catch up uh, it'll probably be sunday because maybe we'll pretty busy tomorrow i've got work in the morning and then i have like an event in the afternoon evening time okay so, anyway. thank you. <laughs> what's that I take it personally, just so you know. Yeah, I know you would. That's why I like, wanted to make sure that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to be a boring day tomorrow. <laughs> I guess I'll just sit and stare at the wall then. <laughs> An entire day? You think you can yep. accomplish this? You need to have like a... Um... You, can stare, you can stare at your bot and, and you know... <laughs> you stare at the bot all day. Watch, watch that thing just... Hey, be careful, Mayor. He's done that before, I'm sure, so... Watch that thing spit they're out pretty, money, They're but... pretty mesmerizing. They really yeah. are. Anyways, very you know interesting. Awesome about... I've not messed with KuCoin before, but... What's awesome about KuCoin as well is you can set a little um, ka-ching sound. So, like, whenever the grid profits or whenever the, the trade profits or something, it goes cha-ching, like a, one of those old-school cash <laughs> registers. It it's like a video game. It's like, um, remember in some of the, I don't know if you guys play video games, but like, you know how, like when you level, you know, like, uh, like an EverQuest or something or World of Warcraft, there's like this pleasant, beautiful, like ding sound, right? Like that ding, you know, like as if you accomplish something, that's what this is like, but every, like so, every hour or so. Very funny. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys. All right, Bruce, we'll catch you later. Happy mayor. Have fun. Later on. Later. Later. <laughs> I love you all. You're my child. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was part two of the two-part Chepe Space, chatting about Luna, Lunk, Terra Feather, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Recorded on Friday, November 4th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Down the street in my six foe. I never had a six foe. A kid can wish though. I snapped a wishbone and grabbed a fistful. Chilling with the dopey, this a weed is all I wish for. I'm feeling blissful. I gotta miss this. My ginger always down to ride no matter what the mission. I'm singing this song. Got a couple albums out. We do alright, but it ain't really shit to write home about. Like to feed the fishbowl. Keep my stories mystical. I like my beats boom bap and rap to be lyrical. I'm feeling cynical. Craving a little ritual. Save my place in line while I try to find a miracle. I keep looking and looking and looking, but never find nothing. We've been lied to, thinking this surprise under super secret lies. Motherfucker sneak inside, going dark. Now believe me when I say this shit is do or die. Going dark. Now believe me when I say this shit is do or die. Going dark. Now believe me when I say this shit is do or die. Trying to stay offensive Trespassing here
here like this land looks expensive Ain't no time like the present Trying to stake a claim Just make sure your claim stays away from all these other claims We're almost kinda running out of land here Living in the day of the dead and it's damn weird Same teams y'all, we just trying to get a bite to eat A little rest saved up, waiting for my time to sleep Head down, middle fingers up, yo I'm wide awake Never hesitate to stay about a hundred miles away Seven time and space, while I wrecking ball the place I expect you all to play, running marathons today When the sick get sicker and the rich get richer It might be about time to rearrange our dinner Fix the system, the shit, it's all nixed Waking up early, gonna suck today's Going dark now, believe me when I say the shit is do or die Going dark now, believe me when I say the shit is do or die totally gonna take care of Angela, man. He's, he's great. He's a wonderful lab partner, so it's gonna be cool. We'll keep an eye on her. Why don't you go fuck yourself, you weird little prick? I'm a teacher, okay? You can't talk to me like that, guy. I'm not a student, so I can say whatever the fuck I want. Channel Spaces. <laughs>